Hello, my finest of friends. Welcome to another Rahalastapa. We keep on going. We do not stop. Nothing will stop us. Not even death will still be here. Uh, my guest this week is the brilliant entrepreneur, very funny woman and very wise and uh, caring woman as well for a multimillionaire. It's Deborah Eden. Um, she, uh, Dragon's Den is generally one of my favourite shows. Uh, she's been on that from nearly the start. and uh, But there's so much more to her again than just that one show. Uh, and she's very game here and very funny here. And you'll learn a lot about her life and her thoughts. And uh, I tried to sell her some ideas, which she does not seem to have bitten on. But spoiler alert. Uh, anyway, do support us if you can. Just listen to these podcasts with the adverts is a huge support. Telling your friends about the podcast, listening to the Retro Rehalistopas on Fridays uh, is a big help. We're doing loads of live shows in 2022. Is that next year, really? My goodness. RichardHang.com slash gigs. Uh, but the Leicester Comedy Festival, I'm at the Bristol Slapstick Festival in January, Leicester Comedy Festival in, I think, February. And then back at the Leicester Square Theatre, February, March, April. Got some big, big names already looming on the horizon. So book your tickets in advance. Um... And, of course, you can support us by becoming a monthly badger at gofasterstripe.com slash badges. Or just listen and listen to the adverts and that will help. Or just tell your friends and that will help. Or just don't do anything. Just enjoy it. It's, it's out there for you to enjoy. So let's do that. So let's sit back and relax and enjoy Rahalastapa with the brilliant Deborah Mead. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who is considering the whorish nature of gravity. It's Richard Herring! I'll make up, I'll make up some new jokes. I've lost my jokes. Hello, welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Uh, though... I was talking to um, number 456 uh, from off of the Squid Game the other day. Uh, he calls it Rahalastapa. He's got some, got some ideas on how we can make it a bit better than it is at the moment. Um, the thing I was going to talk to you about um, was uh, that I had on a, written on a piece of paper and I don't have with me, so let's see how that goes, uh, was the guy from, uh, who wrote the countdown theme has died. I would have his name if I'd got the piece of paper. Alan Hawke something. Anyone know? Uh, Alan Hawkwind. Alan, Haw Alan Hawkwind. That's his name. <laughs> uh, and uh, they all, in all the obituaries, they went on about how he wrote, he wrote uh, Grange Hill. He wrote Countdown. Uh, he wrote the Channel 4 News. Uh, but they didn't go on about how he wrote the Give Us a Clue theme, did they? He wrote Give Us the original Give Us a Clue theme which was the same as the Grange Hill theme. Do, does anyone remember there's some old... Because it used to really confuse me as a kid that there were two shows with the same theme tune. Because do you imagine that they... That was also give us a clue. So you couldn't, you couldn't work out how that had happened. But I thought it'd be funny if they sort of did all the obituaries and they realised that he'd just managed to sell the same tune to, to everyone and no one had noticed before going the countdown theme, of course. Be quite a good countdown theme. Channel for news. Channel for news. Quite like we quite a good hiding in plain sight. He always put someone throwing a sausage in across at the same point. 
senior manager, didn't, I didn't need the piece of paper. It was, it was shit anyway. <laughs> right, let's crack on. Some of us ran 11 miles a, a, a week and a day ago. Um, probably yesterday's, oh God, don't confuse yourself. Uh, my guest this week is probably best known for her appearance in the audience of an audience with Michael Bublé. That's why we all... But what has she done since then? Will you please welcome the amazing Deborah Meadle, ladies and gentlemen. Here she is. Deborah Meadle. Hello. Hello, I can't believe you spotted me in the audience. Do, do you remember going to see Michael Bublé? Uh, oh, do I remember going to see Michael? <laughs> I was with my mother, who was so excited. I, I, yeah, normally, I've, I've spent my life embarrassing my mother, but she totally out-embarrassed me. <laughs> Brilliant. And did you, did you ask a question to Michael Bublé, or were you literally just in the room? I didn't. I thought he was looking at me all the time, and then I realised Holly Willoughby was sitting in front of me, <laughs> and it wasn't me at all. <laughs> Good. Well, look, it's fantastic to have you on. I'm going to mainly just pitch ideas at you. Oh, you see, I knew this. You see, when you, you did thought... not say that when you invited me on. <laughs> I just thought it's easier than getting on the show. Mm. I've got a lot of good ideas. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I'm prepared to give you them for 0% of the business. <laughs> that is what, that's my clever way around it. Well, give it a go then. Okay, so I'll, I'll do my first, the only, my first real one that I think is quite good. I haven't worked on it. I wouldn't. Is you know, men have and women sometimes have hair gel. They put there more in the 1980s than they do now, but they, it could come back. What if hair gel was also shampoo? So just you'd put it on, and when you got in the shower in the morning, you wouldn't need to have shampoo. I call it sham gel. So it works as hair gel. Then you get in the shower, and then it's shampoo. What do you think? What do, you... What do we think? All together there now. You, now. you don't have people I'm helping you out. on Dragon's Den. <laughs> good, it'd be good. If, if it rained, it might be problematic. That's the only thing. Yeah, I it can, would. It would be slightly. Yeah. All right, I won't. I won't do any more. Um, <laughs> so let's let look. You're a Somerset girl, which I I'm am. very excited about. So you're born in Somerset in Taunton. Born and, in Taunton. And you live now in Somerset. I do indeed. Um, and I'm also from Somerset. Uh, I was going to say, this isn't really mine to pitch, but we were, did mention Cheddar Caves backstage. I was in Cheddar this summer, and, the Ch and Cheddar Caves are closed. I can't believe that. They're closed, because you said Wookie Hole was better backstage, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and I think you, with your background in leisure and entertainment, uh, and you could buy that off the Lord Bath, the new Lord Bath, yeah, who you've worked with before. Yeah, but why are they closed? Because they, I don't know, they clo I think they, they don't know what to do with them. They like Longleat, which you've worked, you've been involved with in the past, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think they're putting all their efforts into Longleat. This is what I've heard. I'm just, I'm just through the grapevine. Uh, and so I think they've been looking for an excuse to close them. They closed them because of COVID, but then they haven't opened them back up again. I was in Cheddar Gorge this year and loads of people there, but no one going into the caves because the caves weren't open. Oh, I had, uh, do you know, I did not know that. So why don't you buy Cheddar Caves or just mm. rent them off Lord Bath for a bit? And you could judge them up. And Cheddar cake. Actually, you know, thank yeah. you. 
thank you. I'll put that in my back pocket. And, and say, well, I know I wouldn't buy a cheddar case. Well, who would buy cheddar case? <laughs> and then I'll get it really cheap. Okay. Because nobody's going to want cheddar case. I think, you know, I think... <laughs> oh, with... damn, I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be, to be honest. Uh, but no, I think, you know, I honestly think that's... It's perfect for you. It's very near to where you live anyway. You don't even have to travel very oh, far. Oh, you see, that is the downside because I do have a rule <laughs> okay. I don't have because I can imagine the phone call, you know, sorry, somebody hasn't turned up to take the tickets, you know, and I will be in my car. There, well, if you could, what, you do what the old man did. When I worked at the manager of Cheddar Caves, I worked at Cheddar Caves for a while, so I have a lot of interest in them. Um, the manager, even though she was the manager getting paid a decent amount, would go down at lunchtime and take over and sell the tickets. But she started selling the roller tickets from the year before. Uh, which had different numbers on them, and then pocketing the money, and she got caught and got oh, sacked. Oh, my goodness. That's she a... must have made tens of pounds from yeah, that, Deborah. Yeah, that's a little too enterprising, yeah. isn't it? Just a little too enterprising. So I'm just saying, you could make some extra money there. Did you, you hear about it. the guy from Bristol Zoo? No. The car park attendant at Bristol Zoo, for years and years and years, was taking money and giving people tickets, until somebody said, went up and said, look, I, have, I can't find the ticket attendant. That I, and I need to get a ticket. And they said, well, it's free parking. <laughs> and he'd been there. And that I, I think it's a true story. Yeah, and that's no, I a, think yeah, I heard that's a true story. Yeah. That's pretty good. Is that the best way to get going in business? I do you think? Well, you know, you've got to kind of live with yourself, haven't you, really? But, you know, you've got to kind of sneakily admire him. <laughs> so, look, you started off. Uh, it's an interesting... In, in, you wanted to be a show jumper when you were a kid? That yeah, the, the rider, out. obviously, not the actual... Uh, yeah, a show jumper. <laughs> Um, uh, that didn't work out. You were a, a, a prodigy pianist as a child, I understand. I was the youngest person ever to get a scholarship to Trinity College of Music. Um, and then I got um, single-minded about it and decided I didn't want all these people telling me that I had to play the piano. So two years later, I gave up. So how old were you when you... Got, when you... I was seven when I got the scholarship. Wow. And nine when I just said, I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> and do you play now? No, and I, I, you know, it's lovely because people think that she's gone. God, give her a piano. She'll be brilliant. <laughs> and I am genuinely rubbish. I'm like Les Dawson when he's playing all the wrong notes. And <laughs> right. I'm really bad. So, yeah. Oh. That's, it's interesting to have a talent, that, a, a talent like that and then decide you're not going to do it, especially at that young an age. Yeah, I think, but, I think what happened is it became somebody else's, you know. I yeah. loved playing the piano. I just sit and tinker on the piano. Um, and then it became this thing, you know, everybody's really excited about, oh, we've got this child prodigy. And I just, it, they, it took it away from me. Right. And I, it is a shame because I don't think, you know, people, everybody has a talent. Um, and I think it was my, it was my natural talent. And, and, and it, yeah, it has gone. It is a shame. Yeah. Yeah. But this, does oh this, gosh, how depressing! Does is that this? say something? <laughs> but I think mean, I just—I find it fascinating because I was forced to play the piano and I hated it, and I couldn't—they wouldn't let me stop. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and then the only reason I could stop was because you should have tried harder. <laughs> I, mean, I literally sat there with my arms folded. <laughs> I was terrible. Uh, I then I, had, I was allowed to stop when I started if I started playing the trumpet, which I was also ah. very bad at. So I was playing musical instruments till I was eighteen and hating every minute of it. And but that put me off because I, you know, so I kind of wish I'd. In the end, I played the euphonium, which I quite liked. Oh, wow. But then when I left school, I didn't have a euphonium anymore because they're quite expensive. Yes. <laughs> so do you don't play anything now? I don't play anything now. I play the fool. That's <laughs> and it. very well. Thank you. I do my best. <laughs> um, but I find that interesting that you were that, you know, you obviously know yourself and you're, you know, you're, I'm not, I don't want to say headstrong because that sounds like a negative thing. I mean, you're headstrong in a positive way. You know who you are. 
And it's interesting as a, as a nine-year-old to make that decision when adults would have been telling you to do something else that you were that sure of... Well, I was headstrong. I mean, yeah. thank you for being nice about <laughs> it, but I was probably a pain in the neck. You know, yeah. I, I was willful. I think, you know, I'm... And do you know, it was a really good lesson in business because, you know, this thing about you can't make people do things. You know, you can't make people... You can make people laugh by triggering the laughter, but you yeah. can't say, go on, laugh. You know, sure. go on, be good at your job. Go on, be... And I, I learned that really early on, that if I wanted people to be you know, to, to work well with me, they had to have fun, you know, have to enjoy themselves. They had to want to come into work. So I think it was a really good, really early lesson for me. Yeah. And because you didn't like school much either. Is that right? And so you... Oh, I was... T I, yeah. I, I, I was actually, come to think of it, I probably was a total pain in the neck <laughs> as a child. <laughs> now, didn't like school, couldn't wait to leave. You know, it right. was, I just wanted, it was getting in the way. I just wanted to get on with life. And then you did go and you sort of, you know, you've gone out and grab stuff and tried to do things and some things have worked and some things didn't work. So you start, started out, one of your first businesses uh, was selling stuff from Italy, from glassware and stuff from Italy to back to the UK, which worked for a bit until they realised they didn't need you in the equation. Basically. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I got myself, I mean, it was only, I got myself into debt with that one. It's only £3,000, but when you haven't got £3,000, yeah. you know, it was a lot of money and I had to ask my parents to help me with a bank guarantee. And I, oh, I hated that. I hated that so much. You know, it was a really, it was a really salutary lesson. You know, I thought, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get it wrong again. Yeah. Um, so. But, you know, you need to have failure, right, to to work out how things work. And you, no one's going to jump into something like that. And it seemed like you just thought, this, is, this could work, this is a good idea, and it could have worked, and it sort of did work. Well, it did, just yeah. for somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was, um, and the other lesson I learned then, which was an early lesson, was I could so easily, I mean, I was cross. And, and, I, and I had them under contract. It was uh, four companies. I had them all, I had them under contract. But I thought, you know what? I can't, I don't want to spend the rest of my life fighting them, you know? So yeah. I learned this thing of saying life is just too short. That's done. I've learned a lesson. I'm going to move on. Yeah. You know, that's... Uh, and that's, again, I've carried that through life. Sure. Um, it, it's, it's sort of interesting to see, you know, the, how you've built up as well and, I, it, and how there's sort of chance and luck, but obviously it's about your dedication and, the, and your philosophy that's made you as successful as you are. It's it, because starting a business. Is, I mean, I've accidentally started this, and this has turned into being what is more of a business than I anticipated when I started Br it. Brilliant. Yeah. That's how. That's you know, a lot of it is just doing stuff. Yeah. You know, and it and it works or it doesn't work, and yeah. if it doesn't work, you move on, and if it does work, you do more of it, isn't it? Sure. Isn't that, yeah. Isn't that pretty much? Do you know? I'm really, really envious of you. You're sitting there looking really comfortable, <laughs> and my feet can't even touch the ground. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting slightly above bolt upright. And I... <laughs> it's rare that my guest is smaller than me, Deborah. So I'm very. I'm <laughs> is very... this why you invited me <laughs> on? I wanted me, you on for that exact reason. Um, but you, you know, but I think you also you've. There's been sort of showbiz running through your life so from this desire to be a show jumper this musician this early musicianship uh you were a bingo caller which is and, and very good at being a bingo caller apparently when you, in 
Was it in Butlins in Minehead? It was Butlins you in know, Minehead, and I, I was very good, even I, if I say it myself. I really dreamt of going. We lived in Cheddar, obviously, when someone from the when the year of, uh, when I was eight onwards, and I always wanted to go to Butlins in Minehead, and my mum and dad wouldn't let us go. They oh, were, really? They were too snobby to take us to Butlins. Really? Yeah, and yeah. I could have seen you calling God, bingo. You missed out on so much. <laughs> you missed out on the beachcomber bar yeah. that had all of those lovely plastic things hanging, Hawaiian things hanging right. from the ceiling, ceiling, and then every hour the volcano would erupt. It was amazing. Oh. Yeah, you missed don't, that. Yeah, don't make it worse for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and your family were involved in amusement arcades. Did you ever look at the two-penny machine that I think there's a, there's a game show in that? I can make a, a quiz. What, a game show? The, to the, t- the, tipping point, the tipping point thing. I think there's already a show being done called The Tipping the, Point. Yeah, but there wasn't then. You could have, you could have spotted that earlier. It was that the moment... I probably gave your family money because I did spend a lot of time in arcades around <laughs> in the southwest. So I probably gave you some money at some point. Oh, thank you. Um, but it was selling. Was it selling? Was that the company that you sold? That was the, your no. Family, family so company? that was that was the amusement arcades. Yeah. We, and we had one in Butlins, and then we had eleven in other right. Haven holiday parks. Right. Um, but I could see that um, that Butlins were going to take those back off us. Right. So. That's when I suggested we need to get out of that business and get into the holiday park business. Right. So you got these holiday parks, and then you sold some of it and kept some of it, and then you sold the the last bit, and you made a lot of money out selling it. I made a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it's sort of when you're at that point where you've got tens of millions of pounds, is the temptation not to just go? This is all I don't understand about certainly billionaires. Right. You get to I'm a billionaire. I've got. It's a lot more than a million, right? A billion. You kind of think. Yes. Yeah, I might just go on holiday. Walks. I might just yeah. go on holiday now and not do anything anymore. You, is the temptation to stop, or is it, was that never a temptation? No, and, and it's interesting what you say. And there, there comes to a point where you have you you can't use all the money you've got. So it kind of doesn't matter whether you're a multimillionaire or a billionaire. I mean, yeah. what do, what? For me, I. I, I retired for about a week. And then my husband was like, oh, Jesus, go and do something. Because I was rearranging the furniture, you know, and the grass was coming up and the gardens were changing or whatever. He just said, for goodness sake, do something. Because I actually realised, and, and it was a lovely thing to realise, I'd spent my life doing the thing I love. Right. I love business. You know, I love entrepreneurs. I love the creativity. Nobody thinks of business as creative. It's incredibly creative. You know, you've got lots of issues you have to deal with all of the time. You're always looking for new opportunity, different ways of presenting things to your customer. You know, I love that. And and once I'd realized that, I thought, well, obviously, I just need to, I need to maybe not work, because I was working, I mean, I've created. You know, if you know what, if you worked at Cheddar, you know when you're in the seasonal business, yeah. it's blinking hard work. Um, so I'd work my socks off, and I didn't want to work in a business in the same way, but I wanted to be involved with businesses and help. You know, like to be, like to see little seeds grow into big things. Mm-hmm. So, and so the Dragons Den sort of came along around about that time, and that was the sort of the perfect thing for you in terms of going. This is a chance to help other people, and it was well, exactly. Business, yeah. You know, it was, just, it was magic. I mean, although I did say no when they first. Called me. Right. It's like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, I've got. I my sister had done a, a TV show and 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 it was a nightmare. And and I thought I've created. I've got my life. Thank you. I really don't need to get into the spotlight. What am I doing now? I'm on the stage talking in front of people. But uh, yeah. So I said no to start off with. But they persisted. Right. Thank goodness. Uh, was that like it? Or because I I always assumed and I've watched the show every series of the show 
And in my mind, you're in it at the beginning, but you're not. You didn't do the first two series. I didn't. I so, joined series three. So it, it was already on TV when they asked you to join. It was. Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. So you, 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 you sit. You watched it before. I'd watched it a bit. Yeah. I mean, because obviously it was in. It was doing the thing that I enjoyed doing, yeah. and I loved it. And it wasn't that I didn't. I, I, I thought it was a great show. I just personally didn't want to get into the spotlight. I mean, for goodness sake, I've done strictly now. I can't even <laughs> believe I'm saying these words. But I, but I did. You know, I, I. I didn't, I'd created a very, uh, I created the life that I wanted to have and I was worried that being in a media spotlight would cut across that life. Yeah. Of course I've learned you can either step into the spotlight or you can get on with your life on a daily basis and occasionally step in, so that's yeah. fine. Well, you've, bal you've balanced that very well, but you, you have sort of ended up doing, like you say, Strictly. Uh, I really loved you in Murder and Successful. <sighs> Which I thought, but that's when I saw you in that. I just thought you're you're so funny in it. It's because um, obviously on Dragons then, it's it's not a humorous show so much. Only unintent well, only the people's unintentionally coming up with terrible <laughs> ideas uh, that you take the Mickey out of. But it's but you're it's. So, I watched it again today. That episode. Oh, did you? Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah. Well, do you know? I decided, and you know, you literally, um, you have no idea. So they. Okay, I'll tell you the full story. I misunderstood. I thought it was going to be an Agatha Christie murder, murder mystery. And I thought, well, no, I'll, I'll enjoy that. I, I quite like solving crime. Anyway, I turned up and I said, right, so what do you want me to do? And they said, well, do what you feel like. So I said, sorry, there's no script. There is absolutely no direction. So when I said, would well, you want me to join in? Do you want me to be serious? No, just do what you feel like. Just respond to the moment. Um, but the genius of the people around who have no idea how I was going to respond. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be me. I'm not an actor, but I'm going to, I want to solve this. Yeah. I was getting a bit annoyed at the end, actually. I was <laughs> like, can you just, can you get serious? We've got a murder to serve here, uh, to, to solve here. Um, but yeah, so I, so I thought, well, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not the funny one here. You know, these guys are very funny. And watching them respond to me, I mean, they were comic geniuses. So it was really their response. Uh, I don't know. I think, it. you know, because I think you might have been the first episode of it. I think it was maybe the first episode that was shown anyway. But it's there's a love, between you and Tom, there's a lovely <laughs> relationship. Like he's sort of... It's, all, it's almost a romance within the in the show between uh, you and the character. It it's nice. really genuinely wasn't. A <laughs> but, <it's all> <laughs> but to be honest, I mean, he's what seven foot. I mean, he's yeah. seven foot. But he's like, <laughs> I, I only had to stand next to him, and people were like, <laughs> "It's very good. Check it out. It's still up on uh, the Channel Four stuff. So do check that out if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's very well worth doing." Um, what about a European Super League of self-playing snooker, which is me playing snooker against myself? You said you weren't going to pitch uh, <laughs> ideas. So it's be good. I tried to get Jurex to sponsor it. I said they were sponsoring it. And then they just have never... I keep on tweeting them and they've not responded. Yeah, I reckon if you gave me two million quid, I could just get it off the ground. Give you two million. Yeah. You understand, it's, it's, it, you invest. Yeah, but, we don't give the money. We but you, you would get the reward like of... You'd get the reward of, of a beautiful thing. Actually, any money? <laughs> okay. Any money? No? Oh, no it's not going to make any money. I'll tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so with Dragons Den, let's, let's talk about Dragons Den a bit more. You, I, I saw you were on Desert Island this, this week, very useful for my research, uh, talking about how you've invested around about £5 million over the years you've done it, and you've, you've made a profit on, on your investments. I have. Yeah. I, um, 
No, you know, it's it's funny. People kind of think once you come onto Dragon's Den, it's kind of a dead cert. But but actually, I always say in life, all you've got to do is get more right than you get wrong. And not all of those businesses work for lots of reasons. Yeah. Sometimes it just turns into people who think they want to turn their businesses into a big successful business. When you remove all the barriers, when you say, okay, they are, they are Sainsbury's, yep, go in there. They actually realize they, that's not what they want. You know, so some deals, I've literally just said, this is not working. Right. You know, this is not a great partnership. Other ones have been absolutely, you know, they've, they're what I saw in the den, that, you know, they've been vibrant and going for it. Uh, so, I, you know, I've got some absolutely cracking businesses and some of them are just on their way. You know, they're, they're, they were already multi-million pound businesses, but, but our first goal, you know, we're, yes, we're going to, at 10 million we'll sell. Now it's like, no, at 100 million we'll sell. So, right. no, and that, to me, it's, it's I mean, it's, you know, I don't own the majority shareholding. I think one of the biggest joys I get is watching these little seeds turn into something big. And I that just really, I really love that. Do you think, and there must be times you get it wrong. I mean, usually you will not invest, I suppose, the ones that get wrong, or, or you invest in something that doesn't work out. Are there, is there, are there any that you regret not... <laughs> so, so the truth teaser. of the matter is Tangle Tees is a brilliant business yeah. and I absolutely got that wrong and I can't think of a better thing to be wrong about <laughs> when somebody goes on to be really successful you think do you know what I got that wrong and yeah. pretty good on them um, but I'm, a, I'm not a regret kind of girl no. you know you give it your all you, you make the offer that you think is the fair offer you win it or you don't win it and if you don't win it I'm not going to spend my time thinking of if only, yeah. you know. And you so if you're asking me to say reggae, reggae sauce, <laughs> I absolutely am not. Okay. <laughs> Which is your favourite of the ones that you have, oh, Pat? You Do you have a favourite? you can't. That's like asking a favourite. Who's your favourite child? My daughter. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 okay. No, I, 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 I actually, I'm a love the one I'm with girl. You know, when, I, yeah. when I'm in the room, they are the only business in the world for me. You know, uh, but then I walk into the, you know the next room, and, and they're the only business. So I'm I'm a love the one I with. But girl. is it like a huge amount of work, or is is it is it that they get you know because you've you, it was about 19 businesses you're involved with from actually no, yeah. 23 now right 20, okay yeah, it's, it's 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 more but um no it varies you see so some it's actually usually um, the smaller businesses that require a lot more attention. And probably the ones that aren't going to get stratospheric, you know. Yeah. I've got a lovely business. Martin and Jenny came in. He's got Asperger's. He invented this tiny little thing called Marksman Pen, um, a little tool that marks a hole in the wall where you're going to put the screw in. Yeah. And he came in and said, you know, I've invented this thing. I'm rubbish at numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 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 but, you know, that's where you can help me. And that that business wasn't never going to be stratospheric. You know, it wasn't going to be huge, but... But it's still, I feel as strongly about that business as the one that I think is probably going to get to 100 million pounds, you know, yeah. um, because it's a, you know, it, it, I, it's a business with heart. So I've forgotten what the question was. I'm just beginning to ramble now. No, it's good. Did you, you gather? Did you hear? Did you? <laughs> was I rumbled? <laughs> um, I mean, I sort of enjoy watching it as much for the relationship between the dragons and, and when you know, the way you can change each other's minds and the way you're sort of playing a game of poker against each other as well. And who puts the first bid in is often, don't put, ever put the first bid in because someone puts, will undercut you. But if well, no one puts mm -hmm. the first one in, then you can't. 
Well, yes, but then you can turn it on its head and you can say to the entrepreneur, yes, but I was the first person to believe in you, wasn't <laughs> right, I? That's true. So, so, but you're so right. You know, people kind of think that it's the entrepreneur pitching this way, but there is so much going on between yeah. the dragons. You know, I'm trying to best guess. So what, you know, are they interested? What level are they going to go at? When am I going to make my offer? You know, but sometimes I do go in absolutely first off to, to show my intent, to show how interested I am in a business. Yeah. Because it, it isn't always about the money. You know, these people are looking for help. And if you've gone in there first and, you know, been thoroughly supportive, then you probably have a better chance than somebody else who's just said, well, you know, maybe. Yeah. And it's quite easy, I think, as a dragon, I'm watching it to be quite, dis you know, because it's difficult to know, isn't it? If it's not an area of expertise, or even if it is, if it's a new thing, it's hard within that pitch, however long the pitch will be. It's obviously a bit longer. Yeah, but than... Richard, you're misunderstanding. We're experts in everything. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Have you not heard Evan say we're experts in everything? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, but so it's kind of fun when one, someone's dismissive and then someone else goes, no, actually, this is good. And then you'll get a little bite back from the one who usually yeah. Peter Jones, who's, the, who's, been, who's been too rude about it. Do you, all get, do you all get on? I mean, there's been so many different iterations of the dragons, but did, was, there, was there anyone you didn't get on with or have you all, have you all got on? Um, you don't have to name the people. So, no, I don't mind. I, I don't mind. So, yes, we all get on. We yeah. all go out. I probably spend more time with the dragons than I do my husband because we all, when we're filming, we go out for dinner every night. Right. Um, and, yes, we all get on. That doesn't mean to say we're all friends. You know, we all get on. We all respect each other. Um, some of them have become friends. Peter is a friend of mine. Theo's a friend of mine. Um, Sarah Willing's a friend of mine. Um, the lovely Sarah, she's a friend. You know, so so I think there's a difference between getting on yeah. and, and being friends. I think the only person I probably haven't had really anything to do with is James Kahn. You know, he's the only one that I really haven't picked up on, okay. you know. Right. So there you are. I did answer the you question. Did, you didn't good. think I was answer, <laughs> I didn't think didn't you I? Would. Yeah, you seemed like a dick. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know, but uh, the, it's 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 very interesting watching it. I think you know, the, but for, as but obviously people go for the. There's a brilliant uh, Harry and Paul sketch, isn't there, with all the the. The nervous. Um, you might think it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. Is the is the is the pitching people being too nervous to speak is really the joke. I, I thought you meant the one where he plays me. Oh uh, well, I, yeah. I, I'd, I'd forgotten that, uh, so I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm thinking of the uh, of the of the of the nervousness that yeah. I'm now doing myself, um, <laughs> just to show you how it's done. But it, but it's obviously fun when people spontaneously combust and can't remember what they're doing, and you've intimidated them so far that they. Oh, no, you see, I, do, I genuinely do. And pe I think um, people think that, that, that the dragons enjoy... It's actually really uncomfortable. Sure. Uh, but the truth of the matter is... And actually, we give them a little, a lot more um, slack than you would see. But that's really boring television. <laughs> for three minutes, waiting for someone to speak is not good telly. Sure. Um, so that gets cut. However, I will say there comes a moment where you think, guys, business is tough. You need to get your act together because if you can't get your act together in this forum, the minute it gets difficult out there in the big wide world, you're going to crumble sure. because we're learning. We're not just learning about the business. We're learning about the people as well. So I, we definitely cut them more slack than, than, than you think. And actually, some of those pitches, longest pitch I've done is three and a half hours. Right. And you get 10 minutes of it. Yeah. It's, I mean, but you sort of feel as well, it's such an opportunity. If they're coming in, it's such an opportunity you would imagine that they would at least have totally. got all their figures right, but also yeah. have learned what they were going to do. Yeah. 
and put a bit of because a little bit of pizzazz, even if it's just for because you I feel and maybe this is true or maybe it's not, but it feels for some of the people coming to pitch are just going, I can pitch something on TV and it doesn't really matter whether I get the the deal or not because because my thing will get an advert on TV. It, well, possibly. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I, although we, I have actually said that. I've actually said, why are you here? I have to understand what they want. Yeah. You know, and, and if they say it's just the money, I think, yeah, but you can get the money. You can get the money from the bank or you can get the money from somebody. What You know, what is it you need? If they can't iterate why they're there, yeah. I'm very reluctant to invest because okay. I think I know what's going to happen here. I'm going to get out of the den. I'm going to do all the work on the due diligence and you're not going to complete. So I'm, you know, I, I, I'm getting quite savvy to that, okay. I think. Yeah. And the, the, uh, this is the thing I think about The Apprentice as well as Dragon's Den. I think Dragon's Den's a lot better than The Apprentice. So do I. Um, <laughs> oh, but, there's the headline. You're putting... <laughs> that's what I think that's really... You're putting your own money in, but they're also paying you to do it. Well, not, yeah, don't, I, mm. No, let's talk <laughs> yes, about Alan Sugar. but, yeah. Yeah, not, but not yes, the same. Not one. a huge, no, no. Okay. It is probably the only show in the world that's cost me nearly £5 million to be in, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. No, that's not fair. I've invested £5 million. And I am on the upside, so I can't Sure, complain. yeah. It's, that, that, with The Apprentice, say, you sort of think, well, you know, he's giving 500 grand to someone, but he must be making more than 500 grand for doing The Apprentice. Oh, series. yeah, well, that definitely does not apply to Dragon's okay. Den. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, do you, how do you think Alan Sugar would be as a, as a dragon? I don't know. He did actually come in and pitch to the den once, did the he? children in need. Oh, yes, he? and he was oddly nervous. <laughs> it was like a, quite, quite enjoyable moment. I but. suppose it's difficult, though. It's, it's, you know, you are faced against five. It's one person against five, so it's not very fair. And it's not like, uh, you know, in terms of I've got to, I've got to convince you people to do stuff. So you can understand why people are nervous. I'm very scared. So uh, <laughs> you, can, you can understand it. Um, you bought um, uh, the uh, house of, your, your home was owned by William Pitt the Elder. It was, was. That, was that my goodness. Home? Yes, Pretty you have done your research. It, it was indeed. Has, have you ever seen his ghost in your house? I, I don't think so, no. It's actually, so, so there's a big main house. Ours is actually one of the farmhouses okay. that, that, um, that he owned. Um, but no, I don't think I've seen any of his ghosts. But he actually did design. Um, we've got a courtyard, lovely outbuildings, weird, isn't it? There's inter- we don't have a family, there's only two of us. Um, and actually, the house isn't particularly big. People would be quite surprised. It's, you know, it's a Somerset farmhouse. But the outbuildings are absolutely beautiful. And, and I remember going around going, oh, this barn, this is lovely, this wall, this is lovely. And sort of glancing at the house and going, oh, no, no, yes, we're going to buy it, you know, and it's the estate agent was like, would you like to look around the house? No, 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 we, we love the barns. So, yeah, it was And you, you, you've, you're sort of a farmer partly now as well. You, well you've got animals. No, I've got animals. I'm definitely not a farmer. Okay. I've got, I mean, I don't know if three pigs, <laughs> let me try and get this right, three pigs, seven horses, uh, all rescue, uh, chickens, rescue chickens, uh, Pigs, and we've just lost one of our rescue pigs. Um, and uh, gee, three very angry geese. Okay. Oh, my goodness, they're shirty. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a vegan, right? So this is all just for the love of animals. You yeah, yes. keep animals. Yeah, I think they turned me vegan, to be fair. Oh, really? I think, you know, I think that was, uh, yeah, yeah, they turned me vegan. Right. Did you, did you used to eat them? Well, um, Paul said to me, uh, Paul, my husband, said to me, um, he wants to, and this is when I was a meat eater, 
he would like to raise... It. And he's absolutely right. If you eat meat, you need to understand the connection between an animal and meat. And he wants to raise some pigs and butcher them. And I said, well, I get it, Paul, but I can't guarantee that if we get two... We wouldn't get two pigs. If we get these pigs, I don't... The day they've got to go off for slaughter, I don't strap myself on their back and say over my dead body because, you know, I'm not sure I can do it. But we did it. I didn't like it. And he didn't actually really like it. Um, but I think if you do eat meat, you do need to understand that connection. And we only did it, I think we did it twice. And right. then I said, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> That's interesting, though. And it's good. And it's, and it's, it's a good lesson. It's yeah, a it's really good lesson. Good lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're involved in a lot of animal charities as well, right? So you, uh, there, there was, uh, I just wrote a couple of them down, but there was uh, Tusk and the World WW... WWF, Def, yeah. not the wrestling yeah, one, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, do, you, do, do you feel like... And I'm sort of, I'm interested in the uh, the idea of having loads of money. I would quite like, <laughs> I'd quite like it. I think, you know, I've got, I've got some money. I've got enough money that I'm happy with. But the next stage is, you know, I, like a million pounds wouldn't, I don't want a million pounds. Oh, how many millions do you I want? It's not, it would be no use to me a million pounds. Right. It wouldn't change my life a million pounds. No. But if I had 50 million pounds, that would change my life. So right. that's quite, but it's quite difficult to get 50 million pounds. From your ideas, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but having 50 million pounds, once you've bought a house and some pigs, there's, <laughs> there's still, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot left yeah. over. And so like, is it, did, is, the, is the charity, because I, I, you know, it'd be nice to become, what you don't see is people who say, I don't like the way the world is, I don't like capitalism. Uh, so like, what you could do though, is like undercut cap capitalism, and make the money yourself and then give that money away? Or you could become a millionaire, billionaire and give all the money away? Well, do you feel like the charity is a, a part of what you want to, always wanted to do? Or Definitely. Um, I don't see value, in, and this is really easy to say, and, and you know, I said it on Desert Island Dis, it's very easy to say when you've got money, it's not about the money. Um, but I mean that money itself is nothing unless you do something with it, yeah. you know. And my doing with it is investing in businesses, mainly startup, mainly small businesses, you know, and that feels good because that's often life-changing for the people I'm investing with. Um, and then leaving, a, you know, seeing things that you think are not right and being able to do something about it. Yeah. So um, I don't really want my money sitting. I don't want don't, to don't visit my money in a bank. You know, I want to know that it's out there changing things. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely my approach to charity. What I never do, by the way, so I won't talk about it here, is talk about any money I give to charity. No, sure. I'm quite happy to talk about charities I support, but but I I think I th for me it's a very private thing. Yeah, but you do even with the dragons. Then you have a social conscience more than some of the other dragons. I'd say in that you are very interested in the ethical companies. And uh, but do, do you feel that you know, especially again with the there seems to be these people who are just obsessed with making being billionaires and being bigger billionaires and bigger billionaires and, and not looking at the damage they're doing to the world or the planet or the people and the sort of short-sightedness of that when it comes to the point where the world is no longer you can't live on the world anymore yeah you do seem to you do seem to have an understanding of of that that you know i hope so. i hope so um and i also don't feel i would have a right to talk about the issues if i don't let it affect my life you know, I can't sit here and say, right, everybody out there, you need to stop doing A, B, C, D. You know, I'm, 
um, everything I talk about, we do at you know we we do at home. We yeah. try to reduce our footprint. Footprint. You know, I stopped buying clothes for. In fact, I bought a top and a dress in two years. That's it. No handbags. No shoes. Nothing, um, because the fashion industry is an issue. You know, yeah. and 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 if if I'm going to worry about something, this is something I've learned. There's no point worrying about stuff. You need to do something about it. You know, and yeah. I can't talk about it unless I do it. Sure, but that's a that's a nice. Not many people get into that position where they could do something yes, about. It. So true. so it's it's very exciting to find yourself in that position. Yeah, it's, it's and true. it's admirable that you are uh, that you 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 are caring about it. It does it just sort of. You're working alongside, not not in the show, but I mean in in the world of business against people who are are, are pushing the planet towards destruction. Well, and yes, but I will actually say that, um, and certainly in the last twelve months, I've seen I've heard too much greenwash go on for years. You know, we do this and we do that. What can we say we do in our business to say it's yeah. it's it's green? But actually, I've noticed a proper change, and I think that's because the customer gets it now. Yeah. You know, and we're, and we're in the customers are in the driving seat. You know, we 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 we've got all the power with our pounds. I think we know it now. Yeah. You know, we're starting to act in a way that says we don't like what you're doing. We're not spending money with you, and that's a you know that's going to drive any business that ignores that is not going to survive. So you know, listen, listen to the customer and respond. Yeah, because I I felt with Amazon during the you know a lot of, a lot of the businesses did well out of COVID. Mm. And you sort of feel like if Amazon just said, look, we're gonna, we made five billion more than we would have made this year, we're going to give one billion pounds to the NHS. Okay. Then, then everyone would have just gone, great, I don't feel bad about you. I mean, I use Amazon all the time, uh, but I wouldn't feel bad about it if they'd done that. Yeah. And, you know, it just seems to me if they'd done that, that would have been worth, that would have been, or just paid, said we're paying our taxes this year. Yeah, well, just properly. paying your taxes yeah. would be good, wouldn't it? It would. <laughs> But it's, it's sort of a you know you'd think that that would be good for there's there's the news story as we're recording today about Timpsons who always seem very good the key they're a key cutting company but they treat their staff very well and employ prisoners and they've got uh, they give they're paying people's HRT treatment yeah. stuff back so the new and just stuff like that you get so much publicity out of it anyway it's going to be good but I don't think they're necessarily doing it just for that reason no well that's what I was going to say I think that that that. I think we're shifting from the time where businesses are saying things because they think that's what their customers want to hear to actually getting it properly embedded in businesses. Mm. You know, companies like that who are doing it because they think it's the right thing to do. And that's when I look at my businesses, you know, when, when we talk across our businesses, the lovely thing is I've got businesses that are driving me. You know, normally I'm going in there going, what are we doing about this? What are we doing about that? But particularly the next generation businesses coming through, you know, they're, they're constantly pushing at the, that we want to do this, we want to give that to charity, we want to give, you know, this much of our profits, we want to be green, we want to have a social conscience. And that, that to me is, that's like manna from heaven. I just sit there and think, oh, there's hope. <laughs> well, hopefully there's hope, otherwise, you know, <laughs> people be sitting there with a billion oh. pounds and just like you know you're sitting the, 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 if you're sitting there with a billion pounds as the uh, as the uh, <laughs> yeah, suddenly yeah. there comes a point though that because so, money is like a is a construct right it's an, yeah. it's an imaginary yeah, thing totally. really yeah so uh, if everyone just decided i'm not going to accept money tomorrow there would be then no, it would, no, no. no. Would be, yeah, i'd have to it. go back to i'd have gonna learn play the piano wouldn't i or <laughs> something even useful even yeah. <laughs> But uh, they probably won't. Everyone, everyone like. I like it. I like money. <laughs> no, you like the things you can do with money. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. You like money. <laughs> I, like, I just like a big pile of money, and then I'll be fine. Um, luckily, the monthly badges. Yeah. Oh, uh, dear. So, with Strictly, was that a difficult decision to do Strictly, or was that, was that I'm, I'm jumping in? Well, again, you see, they, out of the blue, they asked me to do Dragons, and out of the blue, they asked me to do Strictly. And I thought, my first response, because I always think, why? And I, my, 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 my older sister is my best friend. And, uh, and I went to Gail, and I said, they asked me to do Strictly, and I'm not sure. And she said, well, why not? Do you want to do it? And I went, well, yeah, I want to do it. I mean, it's Strictly. Well, then why are you asking why? You know, do it because you want to do it. And, I mean, who wouldn't want to do it? Would you want to do it? I wouldn't it? want to do it. Really? Yeah. Really? I, just, you... I think partly because I'd be bad. What does, uh, that doesn't And matter. partly because I just, I think that it's sort of a level, I don't, I'm not like interested in that level of, of celebrity and that level of, uh, of the... Not dancing? Do you what, like dancing? I don't like dancing that oh, much. I, okay, I don't like dancing that much. But I also don't, I don't, if you say you're going to do that sort of stuff, then you, uh, uh, you're saying I'm happy being at that level of celebrity, which is a bit intrusive, I think, possibly. Well, I don't know. So I tell you what it did for me. So the reason I wanted to do it, I wanted to learn to dance from the, you know, the best people in the world. I wanted to dress up. I wanted, I loved it as a show. Yeah. Um, oddly, it did a lovely thing for me. So before Strictly, everybody, I'd walk past people in the street and they'd go, that's that woman from Dragon's Den. <laughs> you know, nobody would say hello because I think, you know, I, people see me on Dragon's and think she can't smile <laughs> despite the you know, laughter lines. Um, after Strictly, they saw a very human side of me. Sure. So I still didn't get, you know, it wasn't like people rushing up and asking for an autograph, but people would, would smile and, you know, and hug and, and just, and be lovely. Yeah. And, and, and for, so for me, it did something very lovely. Sure. You know, I don't think they'd like me. They'd go, <laughs> there's that bloke who can't dance and seems a bit of a dick. <laughs> Which is, you know, that's, that's pretty much... What about a finger that can travel through time? Would you invest if I can make a finger? A what? A finger that can travel through time. Why? Because you can poke people in the past. So have they still got buses? Um, they've seen. Yeah, you could poke a ping. You could. Well, you can go no, anywhere this, in time. In this future, that they're traveling go, through time, they've still. You got can buses. go in the future. You can go in the. You can put your finger. Can go into the future of the past. It'll be your finger, just your finger, though. Yeah. So I, I don't know why I'm doing this I now. Can't. I think as you mentioned finger, I, don't, yeah. I feel like, yeah. You could go and alter time or look or put your finger in the future and see what it would be like for fingers in the future. I, I think can't even do the, you what? are thinking this isn't really a very good idea, I need, aren't you? Well, I don't know how to do the time travel bit yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm being realistic and saying no, I'm only sending a finger. So I'm not yeah. over-egging it. No. I think it would take... I don't think you're convinced. Pounds. I don't think you're convinced. Because I'm you, not. I'll give you 60% of the business. <laughs> you can throw as many numbers out as you like. I'm still not interested. Thing, if I can travel in time, I could get the money to make the business and then I could travel back in time and change it so you didn't give me the money and keep the money. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm working that out. <laughs> I'll come back. Have I got the money or not got the money? <laughs> You've, I've just stolen the money off you. In a brilliant heist. Um, I've got a question here which we sort of covered, but I'll ask you anyway because I like just like the fact I wrote it down. Why are billionaires such dicks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think they all are, aren't they? 
How many billionaires do you know? I don't know. I don't think I know any well, billionaires. There you go. There you go. You know, I see them on the telly. Would you use your money to go into space? Do you think that's a good use? No, of... I wouldn't. No. <clears throat> now, I actually think there is a point that says we've got a lovely planet here. I'm actually yeah. not interested in going out of space. I think I'd feel really lonely being disconnected, looking back at the world and thinking, that's down there and I'm up here. I just wouldn't, it's just not my... Ugh. Do you think they're doing the right thing for their business, though? If they are trying to make a space tourism business, then obviously sending themselves and then sending Captain Kirk into space. I think they've got more money than sense, is what I honestly <laughs> think. I think that they've got and, and, and something to prove. I don't know. Yeah. Do, Anyone uh, else notice that rocket, the shape of the rocket? They did. I think so. I think it was noticed. <laughs> I was the only one. <laughs> I think they got me was just Jeff Bezos coming down and saying, I couldn't have done any of this without all the people who work for Amazon and all the kind of thinking, yeah, they must be delighted yeah, that delighted. You, they spent their money. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You sent me into space with all your hard work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll ask you, an, I'll ask you a would you rather question from oh, my, no. uh, from my oh, new no. book that you haven't. Did you genuinely look, look at my other book? I looked at the other book, yeah. yeah. Then, and, no, and, now you can't. You can't. Hmm. Uh, if you had the power to stop one disaster, would you prevent the Great Fire of London or the volcanic eruption that destroyed Pompeii? Yeah, who's saying no? Because I agree. You're like, no, <laughs> you can't choose between those two. You can. Would you? Uh, I can't. think. Well, they How both. How many people did, died in the Great Fire of London? Not that many, actually. That is a handful. Was like, it? Yeah. All right. How many people died in Pompeii? Loads. Well, there you are then. So you the just saved the people. I'd save people. But how many people today make their living from showing people around Pompeii? <laughs> <laughs> you, if you're not careful, you're going you're gonna to become a billionaire dick. You do know that. <laughs> um, all right, I'll do you another one. Hold on. Let's have a look. Um, I won't ask you that, Deborah. I've got Thank too much. You. I've got too much Thank respect you for you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go through quite a lot before I find one that. Um, would you rather have all your teeth fall out and be replaced with the teeth of a Neanderthal man or woman, or have all your hair fall out and be replaced with the wire from a Brillo pad? Oh, <laughs> oh, I, oh actually, this will surprise you. Wire from a Brillo pad, I really? think. Yeah, no, the thought of somebody else's teeth in my mouth. But your okay. hair is so beautiful, Deborah. Imagine oh, me. that's really why I said that. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, uh, I think it's the right... Well, it's probably the right choice. Yeah. You wear a hat. I mean, yeah. Neanderthal men's teeth are really horrible. I have to tell you, they're not, they're not nice-looking teeth. Um, all right, they've well, been in somebody else's mouth. They have they've been in Neanderthal men's <laughs> mouth. But, you know, he doesn't need them anymore. Um, would you rather be the world's worst shepherd or the world's only talking sheep? <laughs> um, why, why am I the world's worst shepherd? Well, I guess you're not very good at being a shepherd. Well, but like, like I but you still, you're still employed as a shepherd. <laughs> so you, are, you must be good enough to stay employed, but only just, like if anyone else came in and went, I'll have a go at being a shepherd, they go, yeah, get, you could take Deborah Meaden's place, she's shit. <laughs> Yeah, see, the trouble with the sheep thing, though, is that everybody would be looking at you all the time, wouldn't they? You'd be, if you were you'd a talking be carted, sheep. Yeah, you'd be carted around the country. So I actually think I'd rather be a shepherd. Would you be, I mean, I'd rather be a human than a sheep. And, you know, we haven't... You didn't give, you didn't give me that option. Well, the, your shepherd is a... You're just a making the rules. You are just human. making the I'm rules not, up as course, we go along. Of course I am. But also, you know, we don't know how much the, the sheep can say or what language they're speaking. What if it's speaking and all it can say is bad? 
<laughs> that would have been, that's the Twilight Zone version of this. Um, all right, one more. Would you rather go into suspended animation and not wake up for five years or 500 years? Oh, five. You like come back in five? You wouldn't like to see 500 years in the future? Not really. No. No. Think if you just, before you went in, you put all your money in like a national savings interest account, 10%. Uh, that's definitely, I, that is time. definitely not going to do me in 500 years, <laughs> is it? Uh, definitely five years. <clears throat> no, five years, I, um, I, quite, I quite like, I'd like to see my life, I'd like to see things I recognise, yeah. people I know. Um, it would family. be lonely, wouldn't it, 500 years' time? It would be a bit. And you, there's no guarantee there'll be, pe do you think people will still be around in five years? Well, it might all be talking sheep by then. It could be. <laughs> it could very well be. Um, what's your favourite of all the celebrity things is it strictly that they've come out of being on dragon's den so you've done uh antiques road show road show the trip thing you've done yeah. lots of shows like this what's the favorite of all those things that have been presented Ooh. to you as a celebrity rather than a business woman? strictly is uh, strictly was amazing yeah. i did have an absolute ball on murder and successful right. because i was totally bewildered the whole time um and and it, i i got to the end of the day and literally thought what just happened you know, what, how did that work? So, no, I really enjoyed that too. Yeah. And I, I like things like Would I Lie to You? I enjoyed doing Yeah, know, of course. Would that's I a lie great, to you? Yeah. I've never been on Would I Lie to You. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Ah. You know, I'm annoyed. He's never been on Would I Lie yeah. to You. I've just, there was an advert for they, you. They know. <laughs> <laughs> they know I've never been on. <laughs> I've had all of them on this, but. All right. Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. What more, have you, what more have you got to do? Do you think I can come on Dragon's Den? I'd be good on Dragon's you, though, I'd have If to I declare. did some work on, on one of these ideas. Mm. What about bringing my podcast Empire? So if I'd come on 10 years ago and said, I'm starting doing podcasts, I reckon in 10 years there might be adverts and stuff on it, might make some money. Would you have invested in the idea of someone doing a podcast? Because that is now a, not necessarily this particular one. Uh, but in America, certainly like Joe Rogan's show is probably making more money than anything that we can think of? Well, I will obviously say yes. I would <laughs> obviously be invested. <laughs> what do you think of it as an investment opportunity now if you could invest in a... Yeah, and the right people yeah. with the right podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've made the right choice uh, in recognising this one as a, a useless uh, example. But... Um, yeah, it's, it's, but I do find it... It is, it, it is interesting, and what you're saying as well, it is sort of... I never, you know, I, I absolutely only started doing this out of, I was just annoyed at how difficult it was to, you know, get, go through the process of doing everything else. So I could just do whatever I want. And all comedians would go, you're mad, why are you doing this? You're not getting paid for doing this, you're insane. Uh, and I just, I just want to get my stuff out there and do something I like and yeah. not have anyone else to do. And, and when you want to do, you know, on your terms. Yeah. yeah. So I guess a lot of businesses sort of start in that way. Yeah, I, th I think most businesses yeah. start in that way. You know, they, um, you know, people have a have an itch that they that they want to scratch, and and I think a lot of the reasons people start their own businesses, and I do have to guide them sometimes, is because they want to be in control of their own destiny. Well, that is very true when you're own, your own business, but there are definitely times when your business is running you. You know, yeah. you've just got to you've got to give it whatever it needs. So I do have to say to people, don't think it's you know, well, I can take the holidays when I want, I can leave when I want. You know, it's it's uh, sometimes your business it needs a lot of your time and attention. And what would you do to take my podcast empire to the next level? What one piece of advice <coughs> do you have? 
I don't think you're the expert in this room, aren't you? <laughs> I am. Always know the expert in the room. So you're the expert. I don't know. See, with this though, I, so it's interesting, like you say, with the with the guy with the the, the DIY thing, is you knowing your audience. And I think like so with podcasts, a few podcasts have kind of in the UK have tried to push on a bit and become a bit more sort of high tech and a bit more. Well, one of them had a big advert on the Leicester Square. The Leicester Square, didn't it? it had a big billboard. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, and and then podcast fans though didn't really like yeah. it because they, so there's that there's, there's a that, relationship there's that yeah. element where you're gonna go oh is it has it moved on to something that yeah well it's interesting because I had a chat with a chap called Jack uh, Jack's Happy Hour I don't okay. even know he does a podcast and he was saying the same thing you know um, that it's kind of it is me and if I step if I try to do sort of whizzy worry things it's it's like what. It's, it, it would break the relationship and it would break the trust. That, you know, the, the contract that you've got with your audience, really, yeah. isn't it? You know, they know you. They know what, you, you know what you're like. They know what the type of thing you're going to say. You know, suddenly you started behaving oddly. It's, very, it's exactly the same with a business, you know. If you've got a business that people believe, uh, you know, these are their values, these are their ethics, and suddenly you get a new marketing person coming in and change the tune, everyone goes, whoa, hold on a minute. Yeah. You know, I don't like that. So no, I think you've got to stick to stick to your values, haven't you? Stick mm. to what you are. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it pays the bills, Deborah. It pays the bills, I suppose. And we get what. to do this. this I do. Great. It's love, and I get to meet fantastic people um, <laughs> like and, me. Yeah, and then they. He didn't finish that sentence. Did anybody notice that? <laughs> It's okay, I'll say it. <laughs> what have you got uh, lined up? Is, it, is there another series of Dragon's Den? We've actually filmed the next have series you? of Dragon's Den. We have a new dragon. We have the youngest dragon ever. Um, Five years old? Yeah. <laughs> Pocket <laughs> money? He sits, he sits on my lap. Yeah, he does sit on my lap. Yeah, Stephen Bartlett, um, okay. who himself has a very successful podcast. Okay. So, uh, um, yeah. So he's, he's fantastic. We're all filmed and in the can and already talking about dates for next year. <laughs> and do you think you're gonna because it does the the cast is sort of ever changing peter jones i suppose is the only he's the he's, he's the original every yeah. series sorry no he's the oldest <laughs> the oldest um is it something you're gonna carry on doing forever do you think if, or do you, well not come forever because i'm going to die one day no, you I mean, might, it's, you it's not you know not, not with um, my time traveling finger you know oh that's true there you are um no i i'm gonna do it as long as i want to do it you know as long as i sit in that chair and get excited when the entrepreneurs come in because we're filming for eight hours a day you can't you know i don't have to do that it's not my job no. you know I've got, I've, I've got to enjoy it. And there have been times when I thought, maybe, maybe it's time now. And then I sit down in that chair and the first entrepreneur comes in and I think, <laughs> oh, I love this. So, yeah, as long as I enjoy it. And yeah. as long as I think I can add value, you know. And it's, it's, it's an astonishing, you know, show. It's, it's, it still feels fresh to me. It still feels exciting to me. And it's, you know, you've done this many series of this. It, it has existed for this many series and all over the world, of course. But it, and it's still going. Yeah. It I feels know. like it. It feels like it. It's not going to. It feels like you guys would stop it rather than the, the BBC would stop it. To me, at this stage, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows <laughs> what the, what's in the BBC's mind? But but no, I think it's. I think if you told me when I first started that AI would be in it or B, it was still going, fifteen years later, sixteen yeah. years later, I would be staggered because if you think about it, it's a pretty static format. You know, it's not. We can't. We don't change it. 
five chairs, five dragons. But of course, you get the fantastic entrepreneur, you know, you, your cast changes all of the time. Yeah. Not in terms of the dragons, in terms of the entrepreneurs, you know. And what I love, I, I, people watch it, you know, grandchildren with great-grandparents will watch it, through to great-grandparents will watch it, and everybody have a view, you know. Oh, she won't like that. Oh, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. so, so everyone, they're kind of engaged. I think that's why it's successful. Yeah. Everyone engages with it. In a, in no, a it's, it's, it's really, it's a terrific show. It's very well, it's good to parody as well, but, it's, uh, <laughs> but it works, it works very well as a show. I met, uh, I met Harry Enfield while you? he was just after he'd done that, <laughs> just after he'd done me, and I walked up to him with an absolute deadpan face, and I went, Mr. Enfield... <laughs> I want a word with you. And he went white, he went absolutely white. And then I laughed and I said, you know what? I'm A, flattered and B, it was very fun. So, uh, yeah. Terrific. Well, we look forward to seeing whatever else comes up. What, what other, do you think you'll end up on any other celebrity-based programmes? I one am would you like to never do? doing I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Gone, you'd be telling great. telling you that now. Did you, did you say gone? I said gone. on. very West Country. Gone, gone. Cider apples. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I would do something that I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to be on television. I want to do things that I want to do. Sure. Um, so I, I can't think of anything now that, I, that I'd want to learn. Um, but, you know, if something came up, sure. yeah. Well, it's all very exciting, and I hope uh, Dragon's Den carries on for many, many more years, and I hope you do as well. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm feeling well enough now, thank you, Richard. (laughs) I hope I do as well. I'm the most likely to go. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, please give a massive round of applause. The amazing Deborah Meadon! Do come and see us next week, Miriam Margolis and uh, Emma Dabiri. So come along and still some tickets. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Deborah Meaden. Scant Regard are playing this music right now. They're doing it live. It's incredible. Thank you very much to my producer, to whom I'm indebted, Ben Walker, and also to Chris Evans, not that one, and everyone at the Les Square Theatre, and everyone at GoFastTheStroke.com, and anybody else, the British Comedy Guide, lots of people. This is the first Go Faster Stripe and Sky Potato production, head to gofasterstrike.com for all your Richard Herring download and book needs. <laughs>